Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast, episode 132. What's up, bro? How you doing? Good, I'm good. Yo, thank you for uh, for inviting me to the fellowship the other night. That was a good conversation. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was exactly what the first thing I was going to do is thank you for coming on the platform. And you know, we it's just an engagement platform. That's all it is, man. And we just want to get younger brothers to express themselves, express themselves honestly. And it's good when they can do it with older men who got something to offer, older men that got a story. You can, and we all got stories that we can relate. Cause we were their age, we were 25, we were 17. You know, we all come pretty much all from the Bronx in the same neighborhood. So we kind of know what it is to deal with, you know, navigating through tough waters and, and tough blocks and, you know, all sorts of obstacles. I appreciate you coming. That's an honor of my father, Robert Browder Jr. And my sister just found a way to kind of pay him back because he was dealing with expression. He didn't express his ills to my siblings in a way that they could understand what he was going through. So, right. I look forward to the next one. Mark. Yes, sir. August third, man. Be there, be square. Yo, so we got a dope, we got a dope show for y'all today. We're gonna be talking about a couple of things. We're gonna talk about the Rhode Island Senator Tiara Mack, and she's now twerking for votes and. Yeah. Get get people's thoughts on that, and then we're gonna talk about an article that I read recently that says black home ownership in New York City is on a twenty year decline. We're gonna talk about why we think that is, and then we're gonna talk about the J uh, Jalen Walker shooting. Was you know what, what what your thoughts are about that, and then we'll finish up talking about the Harlem Bodega clerk that was recently accused of a fatal stabbing and his claim of uh, self defense. But before we do any of that. We want to bring the good brother, Knowledge Born a Law, Bill with us so he can talk to us about his 3K for 3K um, initiative that he's currently working on. And for those who don't know Knowledge Born a Law, he, he, he owns and operates the Due to Knowledge um, platform. The dude has been putting yes, media work the media. He's like a one-man band. A one-man one man band, band you know, he got He got other shows underneath him. He's constantly building friends of the show, but... You know, he probably could introduce himself and tell you more about the platform than I can. So, salute, knowledge, born, welcome to No Ideas Original. Again, what's up, bro? Hey, there's no place Peace, like bro. home. I'm, I'm tapping my Tim's together. There's no place like home. There's no <laughs> place like home. <laughs> well, so what's what's the 3K for 3K about, good bro? And, and, and first of all, peace to you, man. God bless you, man. You haven't been out there scraping the ground. You've been moving. I've been watching you, bro. God Thank you for even being in our existence, man, because we share knowledge, and I like how we do it, man. You know, I like all that stuff. God bless you. Well, man, love to y'all both, man. Rap, you understand what I'm saying? For holding a space that is becoming transformative, you know, in a myriad of ways. You know, from the guests to y'all commentary, and in the manner of what y'all do with each other, like, I can tell that there's a sincere brotherhood in real history, real life. You see what I'm saying? And that organic chemistry is very rare, you know, especially in the internet space where there's a, a lot of virtual clashing. You see what I'm saying? It, it may not even be authentic. It might just be, you know, actually for some content or something like that, but y'all don't have that. You see what I'm saying? And if y'all got it in real life, we'll never know. You understand know what I'm saying? So the, right. the beautiful thing about it is that y'all are providing the space for wholesome content. You see what I'm saying? In the organic growth, 
over time. So y'all represent y'all. And I, I liken that to me because this is what I wanted to do. That was the goal from, from the beginning. You know, when I started Cleveland Ives Radio, seven, almost seven years ago now, this is the seventh year. You know, I had a mandate in mind. I wanted to celebrate those, you know, with unknown stories. Wanted to celebrate those departed ancestors, those elders, the peer group, those youth, and have a space for them, for their stories to be told. Right. You know, and then also reach out to the entrepreneurs, you know, the business owners, things like that. All of those great minds that are out here, they're ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So, and they're, they're us, they're people like us. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, That's right. yep. my platform is specifically for our people only, and I have a reason for that. You know, you can go anywhere and do any other kind of thing, but very rarely are our people celebrated, especially in the media form. They might be degraded, they might be capitalized off, they might be misrepresented, you know, the uh, that's money in there. You see yes, what I'm saying? But the richness, you never meet the richness of our people. Mm -hmm. You, you might see some of the antics and things like that. So yeah. providing a space with that in regards to that particular content was something that I specialized in. And additionally, I wanted the platform to be guest center. Yeah, I'm the host, I'm the founder, I'm the CEO. But it, it was built up all, all, you know, authentic stories from guests, from the audience. Pretty much. So, so people would, they would call in, because it was just blog talk back then, they would call in and they would hear some of the people that's on and I'd be like, before I get to them, what's up with y'all? Like, Right. Who, who got some products, who has services, things like yeah. that, because this is what we saw from real life. You would go to places and you see vendors, and then you have an event with a bunch of vendors, and you won't, the, the crowd won't know what the vendors got unless they went to the vendor's table. Table, right. That's you see right. what I'm saying? So why not create a space to where the vendors are included, you know, because they're a part of the experience. So if you right. got some good products and services from the event, why wouldn't you highlight them? Yeah. And we used to go to spaces where they would do that. You know, where they would have people come up and talk about what they do and then even pull the crowd because you don't even know who's in your audience. You know, when they say public speaking, know your audience. How do you know your audience? I wanted to know what's up. Like, what's good? Like, what do you do? They're like, oh, they're like, yo, this is a good show, blah, blah, blah. Yo, I appreciate you not for this. I'm like, before you go, tell us what you do. They're like, oh, you want to hear what I do? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now you put that in there and those things grew organically into those people from the callers becoming guests and then from the guests having different, you know, their own segments. Mm. Dope. So, so yeah, that was a long way to say, you know, we've been around for almost seven years, approaching seven years in August, Black August. So, and we're approaching 3,000 episodes as well, vastly, you know, very rapidly. <laughs> so, congratulations, man. I appreciate it. The 3K for 3K equates to a dollar per episode. Nice. For us to right. be able to do what we need to do on a larger scale. You know, we've been invited to places overseas and things like that. I wanted to go, mm -hmm. but I didn't have the, you know, the media capability 
to curate the stories like I needed to do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then in addition to that, we do things out in the community that we've been doing, you know, for the past couple of years, especially, you know, in light of the pandemic, community outreach and things like that that we want to offer free of charge to the public. You know, so we work with Ashbridge youth from the age of seven to 18. And then those in the Wonder Years, we call them the Wonder Year generation from 19 to 35. You see what I'm saying? So just because you turn the age don't mean you got to figure it out. You see what I'm saying? So we want to set our people up for success wherever we find them. And we don't want them to have to cost them anything. So there's some steps we want to put into place for contingencies to be able to do that free of charge and also to you know, continue to feed the youth that we're feeding. We feed between 50 and 150 youth five days a week. Mm. We've been we've been doing that since you know the pandemic began, and we want to continue to put a contingency you know plan in place to be able to do it long term again where it's not a financial strain because it's just me and a few other people out here in our pocket. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it get, it get old after a while. So in right. addition to that, we're working with the homeless, you know, uh, in light of some deaths, it was about 45 confirmed deaths from, you know, freezing temperatures, people had froze to death. And, you know, we were looking to get some of those, you know, brothers and sisters off the street. And then, you know, working with, you know, sisters who left domestic violence relationships and shelters and you know right. day families and things like that so we really have our arms around the community and we just really want to continue to be able to you know fulfill a need when we see it absolutely yeah. be so, of service right and then the last thing we want to do you know with the funds that we receive there's a single mother who's working full-time and raising her children and she has a business so we want to raise the funds to sell into her business to help her to be able to navigate and upscale her business so she right. can eventually leave her full-time job and pursue her passion. You see what I'm saying? Right. So right. we're putting it all together and she helped us with the campaign. And I was looking for somebody and I was like, okay, we do this 3K for 3K. We raise 3K, anything we raise after that's hers. So we raise 90,000. I just want my 3K to do what I need to do. She can do whatever she needs to do with that. You see what I'm saying? So again, we're still looking to, you know, be there, you know, for our brothers and sisters, you know, holistically. So that's really the push, you know, 3K. Yo, Knowledge, what, what I really appreciate about everything that you're doing, man, is that for somebody to have put in the amount of work that you've put in over the years and to keep it classy and to do it with integrity, you know, I get on YouTube and I watch YouTube and I see um, a lot of people that get far more viewers than us, but their views come from shenanigans and engaging in YouTube beef and, you know, gossip and um, things like that. And rarely do you have channels that's putting out good product and information and doing good interviews that are upstart channels that get the kind of acknowledgement that they actually need. You know, um, so whenever you find somebody that's willing to kind of stay the course and stay true to their mission and their vision in terms of what it is that they set out to do and keep integrity, you know, keep integrity around your content is to be commended. You know, the things that you're talking about doing for um, for the community, you know, you could click on like any of these YouTube channels or 
any of these other podcasters or bloggers and, you know, see them gossiping and getting thousands of dollars in donations and cash apps and stuff like that. But where's the reinvestment in the community? And sometimes these will be the same people that will sit on these platforms and talk about everything, all of the ills that are going on in the community, get the money in and the money go in the pocket and it's only beneficial to them. So the fact that here you are talking about these different initiatives and things that you want to do for the community, things that we, you know, that that people that we've grown up around that, that are afflicted by these different things, you know, like, yo, I salute you, I said my cap to you. And, you know, that's why when you reached out and was like, you know, you want to come on and talk about it. And I said, yo, well, our platform is open for you, to, you know, for you to come and build and, and share and, you know, anything that we could do by way of promotion and posting and reposting and stuff like that. And, you know, like, yo, just 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 say the word, you know, we willing to be a support. You know, it's, it's, you know, I my sister and I put this little thing together where we get young men to open up about their ills and because men don't speak enough. And, you know, when we started, it was it was a respect to my father because he went to a terrible time with drugs and just poor eating habits, but he never really detailed what was going on until his dying day, you know what I mean? And with having a platform where we get young men to speak up, I mean, it means so much, especially for our children, man, these babies that don't get a chance to, to express their ills and how they feel about the world around them and why things are happening. They're very confused and they're looking to us for answers and service. So, you know, like yourself and what you've been doing, man, being of service to anyone who needs help, that's the rent you pay for being on this planet. I say that all the time, man. I don't care if a lady drops a, a pen or someone needs you to hold a door, that's a calling for you to answer. And you should answer it promptly, man. So. Shout out to you, Knowledge. I know how brothers of the five percent on. Once they get into something, man, they put their head down, they lock in, and they and they find ways and they find solutions to make the community better. If the community starts with our babies, and then you know it has us add to it or adding on to it to make it make it you know what it is and what's important. Yeah. Tell them how they could donate. Well, we got the GoFundMe, if I can share the screen, I have it up. So either they could donate to the GoFundMe, or they can, you know, just hit the Cash App, Cash App, dollar sign, knowledge going live. Put the Cash App up. You said Cash out there, go right there. So this is the, this right here is the GoFundMe. So it's legit. It's not a scam. Not it's, scam. Not an, it's not right. an imaginary school. Nah, son. I'm, I'm, I'm not about to go, you know, preach you the gospel. You gotta put that disclaimer out. You gotta put Pluto. that <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to Pluto. I'll need a rocket ship or, you know, a Learjet or nothing like that. This is literally what it equates to $1 per episode. And I see what we're going to do. And you see, we got some support thus far. You see what I'm saying? Right. Some people. You know, found you know, find value, and you know, shout out to Shannon. You see what I'm saying? Like, just was like, boom, yo, from us to you. You see what I'm saying? Like, literally. Right. So, you know, we definitely hit that up too. So, yeah, it's, it's in what we do and who we are. So, we're a testament to you. I just yeah. got some news real quick that Killer Priest just lost his mom. So, you know, oh, uh, for, the, for the yeah. prayer, for praying people, you know. 
you know, keep our brother, you know, he got the biggest heart in the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he's dead. And I know he's gonna come on the platform. He told me, he was, you know, he's looking forward to coming on the platform, you know, with you, you know what I'm saying? With the fam over here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, things might have to shift around a little bit as far as dates and times with him because of just these news. He was just now in South Carolina with his mom to see his family. So, yeah. you know, at least I think that's some solace for him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he just was just there, he just had the memories, you see what I'm saying? And he was talking yeah. about he was going back. Now, you know, things is instant. Like you were saying, life is short, man. Life is precious, man. But we don't know, you know, when, when the Almighty, the creator of all, is going to call us home. You see what I'm saying? So right. it's, it's very important that you, you know, live your life to the fullest and, you know, check out your health and put those things in perspective. Anything that you can do at your level. But just remember how you want to be remembered. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they got that thing of being remembered in perfection. Like, do you really and truly want to be remembered in perfection or remembered in disgust? You see what I'm saying? They might be like, R.I.D., remembered in disgust. You see what I'm saying? So uh, you got to put it together. Yeah. So things like that is, you know, real genuine relationships and friendships and brotherhood and sisterhood are the things that I look at in real life, you know? Like you said, the numbers ain't crazy, but I got a text from Killer Priest. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, mm -hmm. like, so that's real life. Same you see what I'm saying? Like, that's real life. You know, Brenda Dead Price, you know, General Steel, Tech, you know, OC. Y'all seen some of the brothers and sisters, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's that's real life. You know, mm -hmm. we, we can we can speak off of the enemy. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and it's real love. You know what I mean? So those are the kinds of things that you can't you know, replace. Yeah, definitely. The definitely. checks might be nice, you know what I'm saying? It might be nice, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And one day, that's what that is. And, you know, if God wills for that, you know, mm -hmm. the week, and nobody, no man deny you, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, you prepare yourself and put yourself in the proper position to be able to receive it, and you don't let it go to your head. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So that was now, one of the... That's, that's, I was going to say, it's a fact, yo. To me, it's a quality over quantity. Like, yo, I'll, I'll take... You know, rather than us having 15,000 views where somebody clicked on for two seconds, I take a hundred people viewed it and watched it from start to finish. You know, like one of the, one of the one of the dopest honors I think that we have is that you know after these recordings are over, having like the actual entertainers just sit and talk with us for a few minutes afterwards and tell us how much they actually appreciated the nature of the discussion. Well, I remember one time OC hit me up and was like, "Yo, I really rock with y'all and I like your content." You know, and I like the fact that y'all not just on there gossiping, you know, and stuff like stuff like that. That means that means a lot to me because, you know, like I said, the low hanging fruit on YouTube is to come on and just say whatever and go off and beef and ask for cash apps. But the fact that we're actually on here trying to give out good information and have meaningful conversations to me just has it just leaves uh, my legacy on, on YouTube. It'll leave a much better lasting impression. Like, what does it say if? You know, years down the road, somebody goes back and they watches, they, they watch our videos, you know, and they'll be like, oh, we watch the videos and we see like from day one, you know, we've seen the growth and the progression as you, in you guys, as interviewers or as a podcast or whatever it is, and the whole time you guys stay true to what you set out to do. Like, you know, when we started this, Rob and I, we were very deliberate in saying like, nah, we ain't trying to do no whole bunch of, you know, some of the salacious stuff that people on the internet is beefing about and going off about and 
this, that. Like strategically, we stayed away from that, you know. And the truth of the matter is, again, just to go back to like those are the things that a lot of times, sadly, people, especially with our, our audience, if you look at the demographics of our audience, those are the things that they probably tap into and tune into, like a lot of the, a lot of the ratchet, you know. Um, so you know, like they don't, I, they don't want it. They don't, they don't want it. It's, it's yeah. just available. That's all. You're right, right. It's, yeah, it's they don't want it. They, yeah, they, they appreciate what you do. You see what I'm saying? And they find honor in what you do. This is why they watch it from start to finish. You yeah. see what I'm saying? It's not alternative. It's actually what the people truly want. They just mm-hmm. have to be in a position to be able to receive it. You know, I was telling their brother right before I came on here, you know, whatever time that you can devote to what you want to do, in the story you want to tell, the narrative that you want to share, if it's good and it's done in the proper manner, people are going to laugh. And those other people are not going to laugh. Yeah. So understanding, you know, the test of time, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, seven years, you know, with this. But, you know, how many years you've been on the planet and what have you done with your life? Two. Right. You see what I'm saying? What are you doing simultaneously? I was the average you. So I'm working with Atlas U. You see what I'm saying? Right. So right. some people cared enough in our lives when we were young and intervening in the process. You know, to be raised around men that held you accountable, that'll punch you in your chest if you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. Yo, and yo, it's, it's like you it's like you're the fly on the wall for the conversation that we had that we had. Yo, yesterday. yo that's exactly what we talked about in the minute the little ministry I had yesterday. It was just men. And younger men and older men, I just tell people, yo, there were times where OGs would pull me out of space. You don't belong here, go that way. Right, right. And you looked at it like, yo, why are you pulling? But then it's like, I don't belong here. Right. Let me go over here. You know what I'm saying? I had dudes buy me a basketball, go to the court, don't stay on the bar. Right. You know what I mean? Tell me there's a tournament going on over there, you should go find out. Or there's a job over there, they're hiring, go look at that. You know, and they will follow up with you too to make sure you did it. Cause if you go see homeboy about that, right. you know what I mean, you got, I put my word in for you. How did you go make sure that that happened? So that needs yeah. to happen on a daily basis. You know we need, what I mean? we gotta, we gotta get back to that. Anytime you come across a youth, it should just be in your, in, in your mental dialogue and your mental diet to want to support and be of service to anybody. I'm saying within your surroundings, just be of service because that uh, that little help pushes people and encouragement and encouragement goes a long way when someone can just genuinely help you. No strings attached. I'm just here to offer you what I can offer you. Yeah, that's right. Yo, so knowledge. I'm gonna I'm make sure your cash app is in the um the description for the video, and then also give me the link to the GoFundMe. I'll put that in the description as well. Um, Again, I appreciate y'all. You know, I know y'all got some things to discuss. Y'all got some things to make happen. You want know I mean? to roll out with us for a few minutes and talk about some of these topics, or you got you to gotta dip? I can hang if y'all wanted me to hang. I just want to say I ain't want to be in the space. You know what I'm nah, saying? Nah, nah, bro. Nah, you we, we, we would enjoy you your perspective on these things anyway, yeah. bro. So we would says I said this segue, we were talking about like some of the some of the lowbrow stuff that you see on the uh on the internet and and, and lowbrow things that sort of come to fruition of or strategically putting our, our face. And one of the things that's really popular in the news cycle this week, I don't know if you've seen this knowledge born, is that Rhode Island Senator Tiara Mack 
twerking on the beach for votes. Um, this is this is interesting to me because this is a woman that's I think she's brown. She went to Brown Brown educated. I really, I really I, yeah, state state senator. Actually, for those who haven't seen, let's play the I'm gonna play the video. First state senator in Rhode Island, first black state senator. I'm gonna play the video so you could so you can see the uh, the represent her representation of what she is doing to ask for votes. So check it out. Senator Mac. Now, what are you guys? What are you guys thoughts on that in terms of strategy for, for votes? Well, my opinion is she she earned the criticism. <laughs> she definitely has done that. Um, I don't know, man. You know, in in this in this climate of the world today, you find anything especially on TikTok and these, these social media platforms. And a lot of them, you know, you know, we, we talk about thirst trapping. I don't know, was that a thirst trap move? Was, I mean, what are you doing? You get, I think someone said she's cyber thotting. Like, that's a new term now? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one. She's a cyber, cyber thotting? Then you, you edit the video to encourage that's a bar. You know what I'm saying? Then you edit the video to, to encourage voting and her 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 response to the critics this is a powerful illustration of body autonomy so i instantly thought versus roe versus wade her being the democrat and you know the whole roe versus wade having um you know ownership of your body you can't tell me what to do the future is mine versus you yeah. better do this or you can't do this. You sound like you, sound like you could be her campaign manager with that spin rival. Listen, that- <laughs> well, but I, but I, I see, I see, that's the first thing that hit me when she talked about uh, body autonomy. Because that's the whole premise of that. You know, the right to make decisions over one's life and future is being empowered to make informed choices. Now, was she informed to do that? Did she, did she someone tell her, you should twerk your ass to get votes? I don't well, here's know. The, here's, the bigger, here's the bigger question. Because she's a state senator, does she have a higher responsibility than the average Joe? I would think so. In my opinion, I would think so. Especially what do you in, think, the, in, the, in, the, in the political world. Now. <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> very interesting. And it's very layered, too. Very layered. I think she was somewhere at the beach having a good time and they turned it into something. Mm-hmm. And they did it for political reasons. If you remember in Joe Biden's campaign, they had the strippers mm. on the poll mm. for, for the whole, you see what I'm saying, the whole race. So agendas come in. Now, I agree with what you're saying. If you're getting paid off the public, you paid off the public trust, you're supposed to be held to a higher standard. But if you looked at some of the things that was said during the Trump campaign mm-hmm. and through the Trump administration, this kind of leads to this, you know, certain kind of aspect of the, you know, unraveling and the mockery of the governmental system right. and the justice system. Mm-hmm. 
So now, with the amount of young black women that are abused, that are assaulted, and that are being killed and kidnapped, and kidnapped, we totally forgot about that. Right? What message is this sending to her community? Maybe she don't identify with that. You see what I'm saying? What about those young black women that are watching this in Rhode Island who say, I want I want to work in government? Is this what I have to do to work in government? I thought this is supposed to be the underrun. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of things are happening with these messages that you know are very interesting. So I think they're you know, they're very layered. You know, we, we come from the hip hop culture, so these is like double entendres and triple, triple entendres we gotta look at. You know, right. They got, they got multiple meanings. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I really heard what you said, you know, rather about the you know, Roe versus Wade type situation. And I really I really I didn't have none of those conversations at all with nobody. And I was like, yeah, I'm staying away from, away that. from that, right? Because <laughs> people get crazy, you know, people get yes, crazy. And it's real simple. You see what I'm saying? But they get real crazy. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna leave that alone. You see what I'm saying? We put that like religion and politics, you know, yeah. we don't discuss it. And, you know, so yeah, the, that was a strong statement. You see what I'm saying? It's a strong statement to make a strong case. However, you can find yourself in a, in a position where you're doing more harm than good. You know, so what if what if your three-year-old wants to do this? You know, that was always my thing about Holly Berry and Monsters Ball. Mm. Well, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're only going to be young. You're only going to be young for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So when your daughter or your granddaughter wants to do this, what could you tell them? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you could say that this is a movie to yourself, the justification for the check. But what about the other checks and balances right. that go the, along? Yeah, with the yeah, the depiction, that imagery. It is just, yeah, the imagery of it. I look, at, you know, I look at this and I, I say, um, I think I think you, both of you make good points. Um, what stands out to me is that you know, as a public figure, there's going to be high levels of scrutiny, um, but. If you think about what she's doing versus what we know what other politicians do behind closed doors, sort to me the messaging around this is sort of like okay, this shouldn't be done out in the open, right? Because of whatever whatever impression it gives of what government officials are supposed to be like, kind of thing. You know, I, the other thing is I kind of look at politics almost like similar to how I look at baseball. Like baseball is an old white man's game. In the same, game of baseball. And politics in the same vein, like, you know, like baseball has a huge marketing problem because they're too stiff and tight around everything. Politics, the same thing. Now, she's a liberal, so it's not like she really needs to do much to garner the youth vote. One would think that, you know, this is something that would attract youth voters or appeal to them or whatever, but most liberals, truth be told, they're not going to put much time and energy into um, Lauren liberals in because they, I mean, Lauren youth in or young voters in because they feel like as a liberal, most young voters are gonna side with them anyway. So I don't know what necessarily was her strategy around this and the rationale for her to um to do it. I don't I don't think it was done in in 
good taste, but I also think I, I step back and I think about like this, this pedestal that we put these politicians on, you know, similar to how we put entertainers on, like that these people aren't human beings. And it sort of speaks to what you're saying, knowledge around like, who knows, maybe she was at the beach having fun and thought, hey, this would be a funny, cool, fun, cool thing to do. And then even don't want to know like, all right, this could be something I could take a political hit on kind of thing. And, I, you know, we, we have to stop putting people on these pedestals that they're because they're in a particular job, they're an entertainer or whatever it is, that they're still not human beings with feeling and want to experience fun and joy and different things like that. And we should probably move away from traditionally what we view as this 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 um, governmental image, like what we think of Congress. Like this is not the the, the damn Boston Tea Party all over again, or the Brits are coming to invade us, and we need to be stiff. Now I'm not saying that we need our politicians twerking on the beach. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that we also need like a, a humanistic element, like. You know, like her humanistic element just happened to be far more extreme than some of the other politicians. You know what was one of the one of the measures that they used to use to actually elect presidents? People would actually vote for people on the basis of, you know what, that's a guy that I can have a beer with. Like right. no, there was no there was no scientific no 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 scientific premise to it. It was just like, oh, right. that's a guy that's relatable. That's a guy that I can right. deal with. So right. I'm gonna go vote for them. You know, it's an average joke kind of Man, thing. Man, but Man, then, then you you know sort of you think about like again like the imagery around it and how we how we view it. So it's okay, I think, when it's like, all right, that's a guy I want to have. I can have a beer with, so he's electable. Versus, oh, this is a person that you know they out here doing this and and, and that or whatever. Like I can only imagine where politicians minds went and I'm not only talking about conservatives I'm talking about old guard liberals also with their minds oh she's doing this she's doing that you know like somehow they probably pull from that a whole bunch of thoughts around what they they believe her political ideologies to be because she was twerking on a beach so I'm not saying again I don't think it's necessarily the best representation of who she is in her political position but I don't think that she needs to be eviscerated and torn apart and be subjected to the amount of scrutiny that she, she's been subjected to. And if you look in the comments of her stuff, most of the people that's killing her is primarily women of color and primarily primarily women of color are killing her because they like this is not the representation that we want to, you know, we want to put out there for us, you know. So all the stuff that we know about her, like this is an Ivy League educated state senator, has now went out the window and now when people think of her they're gonna think about oh isn't that the politician that was twerking on the beach right 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 you know so it just i guess you well, know you know a part of her argument by doing it you know was linking transsexual lifestyle and inter intersex rights you know maybe the whole lbgq community um she's putting out you know you know that, that we, you know the whole crowd. We think we're people too. We don't bash us. Don't complain. We live a certain life. We can do what we want to do. Let me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me ask you this. I think the explanations that she's given for it are great, but if she didn't tell us this, will we been able to deduce that from what we saw? Absolutely not. So that's what that's what I'm saying. Like I think like it's kind of like you know it's a smoke screen. Yeah, it's like now you want to give a rationale for you want to give this this long 
explanation as to why it was like yo you know what the simple explanation could have probably just been but it probably wasn't enough y'all i was just out with my friends just having fun having fun but now <laughs> we're talking about trans, right there, transsexual rights in the lgbtq community and you know um body autonomy and all these different things that if the average eye is on it they're not gonna and you know you know whoever campaigns against us which keeps up for the election. You know that's gonna play a thousand times. <laughs> a thousand times, like a like BT after dog. That's exactly how long it's gonna be played. Oh man, yo, the crazy thing is that yo, they they really coming for her neck. But if you think about the things that that some of these politicians do behind closed doors, it's it's, it's horrific. So to me, the message behind all of this is like, if you could do whatever you want, just don't do it in the public. So the public eye. To see it and have opinion on it. That's a fact. That's a fact. She's getting a lot of scrutiny behind it. But she, she really doesn't care what the scrutiny is. She's gonna, she's gonna do it and be who she wants to be, and you know, and that's gonna be it. She's still, she's gonna get votes. Trust mm-hmm. me. The community that she's a part of, they gonna line up every poll and vote for her because of how she feels about freedom being self-determined and having self-ownership of yourself and you can't tell me what to do with my body. You can't tell me I can't twerk at the beach. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and do whatever. I can't cyber thigh today. <laughs> well, and you know what? Here's you another to say, did you, did any, was she known on the national scene prior to this? I never heard of. Neither by. <laughs> you? Nah, had you heard, had you heard of her prior to this? No. Yeah. I, I think there's there's a link to session though in regards to misrepresentation of you know black people in general and black women in specific in political spaces. There was just a, a story of a, one of the reps down there in South Carolina. You know the primaries was going on everywhere, and she was recorded calling up to prison looking for the duffel bag boys. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I saw that. Like, <laughs> what, what's going on lately? You see what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? What's been going on for the last couple of years? Because we can pull, you know, different instances in regards to certain things that were said and done and meltdowns and all kind of stuff that's, you know, linked, you know, to this particular party. And then, you know, they got our sisters out here looking a little crazy. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I think, I think, you know, we could kind of string these things together and look at it. Or we could look at it with merit in the case that you're saying, you know, in regards to that. Like, could we take this from this without nothing? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the answer, again, is emphatically you no. Know? So just being mindful in this this age where everybody does this with this damn phone, you know, you know what it is. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Wouldn't nobody even know that was no senator. You see what I'm saying? Unless somebody said this is the senator. You see what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You didn't have to put name to face, but once you did, it was all right. And now she's going to win by a landslide, I bet, too. <laughs> Rhode, Island, Rhode Island's going to be different now. A, 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 beach, a beach slide? <laughs> oh, man. Fun. Fun. Next, we're going to talk about um, black home ownership in New York City is on a 20-year decline. Why? So I want to read a little bit of this article 
that I um that I actually saw, and I think I shared this with Rob also. So you guys, I want to read some of it so that way the viewers have some context for this discussion. So, um, black home ownership in the U.S. has always been system systemically fraught. Housing advocates say due to bias in home buying, home financing, and exclusionary zoning practices that have widened the gap between white and black homeowners. According to the National Association of Realtors, despite a rise in black home ownership rates to 43.3% in 2021, it is, it is still inequitably dwarfed by home ownership rates of white Americans, 72.1%, Asian Americans, 61.7%, and Hispanic Americans, 51.1%. For most of the 20th century, the U.S. has relied on home ownership, subsidized through federal tax policy as a means of wealth building. And New York City black home ownership had been steadily declining for 20 years, a 13% downturn since 2000, according to the Center for New York City Neighborhoods, due to unsustainable, unsustainable predatory mortgage practices and skyrocketing prices, according to the Center for New York City Neighborhoods, a nonprofit that promotes and protects affordable home ownership in New York. To fix inequities in New York City's black ownership, the Center for New York City Neighborhoods sees a solution in free estate planning services, primarily focused in the neighborhoods of Central Brooklyn and in the North Bronx. For far too long, a, a legacy of racist housing practices has made it impossible for many black families in the city to tap into equity building, cross-generational benefits of home ownership. Inheriting a home does not automatically bleed to sustain home ownership, systems must be in place to protect it, said Christy Pill, CEO of Executive Director of the Center for New York City Neighborhoods. So black homeowners in the Bronx have been subject to intense mortgage stress and predatory housing policy, housing advocates and data suggest. Although the marathon COVID-19 pandemic was pushed, has pushed New York City homeowners to overwhelming distress, some to the brink of foreclosure, perhaps no borough is disproportionately affected by virus-fueled mortgage distress more than the Bronx. In 17 of the Bronx, 25 zip codes, mortgage delinquency of 30 days or more is above 4%, according to a housing analysis compiled by the Center for New York City Neighborhoods. And for some areas like Mount Haven and Hunts Point, delinquency has boomed to 13%. Additionally, the city's majority of black neighborhoods were most at risk for foreclosures, with these zip codes having an average of 8.48% homeowner, homeowners who have failed to make their mortgage payments for more than 30 days. Much like that 2008 housing crisis markets, research suggests that the post-pandemic effort on homeowners is poised to be felt most strongly among communities of color, potentially fueling, fueling the already widening racial wealth gap. What do you guys think about this? What's, what's your sense of this, of why black home ownership in New York City is on the decline? And how do we get it to come back up? Well, it's been on the decline because a lot of native New Yorkers have left. Great point. Simple as that. Between North Carolina and Atlanta, those two people, those two places specifically, North Carolina and Atlanta. Now, mind you, the reason why those numbers are gone, like I said, is because they left. But those are the babies of the original migrants that came from the South to the North. You know what I mean? The, those who left Tennessee and, and Mississippi and Alabama in the 50s and the 60s coming coming up north, the jobs were a little bit more lucrative and 
you raise families. I, I, I speak in my, my, my family in particular. My grandmother was raised on a reservation in Tennessee. And from Tennessee, she moved to East Chester Projects. Right there on Fenton Avenue. My grandmother started, lived in the project and she ended up owning a home on 230th between Barnes and White Plains. You know, and when you have an exodus of people leave like that who are natives to the land, of course you're gonna have ownership down. Then, you know, there's an influx of, you know, individuals who come from other places that um, kind of usurp the idea of what a black community looks like and, and, and things change. Um, that in itself, I think is the primary reason why. Now, how can we get that back up? That's a tough call, but who wants to live in New York? That's a great point. You know, I, I was I thought the same thing. I the who same wants to live thing. in New York the way the cost of living. I remember Sadat X saying this in one of his rhymes. New York living is unforgiving. <laughs> That's a bar right there. Shout out to Sadat X to God. And when he said that, I was like, get that shit on the nail. All the stuff that's been transpired in the last 20 years. Now, mind you, this is a 20-year stretch. So you're talking about post 9-11, which was already a crisis. And then we, 20 years later, we hit another crisis called a pandemic. So in, the, in that mirror of time, people have been just, I'm out of here. I'm one of them. I left New York in 2000 and landed in Baltimore, Maryland. May not be the best place. It was like a little New York, but at the same time, I, 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 I got my shot and I lived there for 17 years. And unbeknownst, me getting down there, there were so many people from New York already there. And this was in 2000. So home ownership, yes, is going to decrease. You know, with the skyrocketing prices, not being able to keep a mortgage. I mean, if rent is 3000 yeah. 2300 you know what 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 are you how, how are you able to even foster a, a, a manage owning a home i don't think i, I just don't think it'll, it'll, it'll come back in a, in a in, in near future we we'll yeah. come back i'll be positive and say at some point maybe it will but not right now Yo, it's, it's interesting, Rob, that you um you bring that up because I you know when I first read the article, I was first thing that always pops in my head when this comes up is systemically the things that have been put in place to prevent home ownership or to make it far more complex. But then I was like, you know what? Like maybe I'm overthinking this. Like, would I want to raise a family in the Bronx right now? Would I want? Would, is that prime real estate? Would I want to purchase a home in the Bronx? Would I want to pay seven hundred thousand dollars to live? and probably a thousand square feet. Right. Just paying $700,000 living in a mansion right. or somewhere. Are you safe home? here? Yeah. Are you safe here? We just watched what the pandemic did to hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people in the first two months of the pandemic. We, we, we and let me tell you something. I, I, I heard this back in the day. New York is the capital of the world. So what happens on the New York stage, the entire world gets to see it through the view of their television. That's how they set policy. That's how they set laws. That's how they galvanize people to believe in what happens in America through the lens of New York City. 
That's how you know if you want to come here or not. In other words, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you're not coming here to already start a business, whatever it is, or come to school, focus on, in my opinion, raising a family and buying a home. I don't yeah. think that's New York living. I mean, unless you live out in Westchester, well, but if you're already living in Westchester, that's that's already in your environment to be homeowner. Well, West Westchester also the property, property taxes. The property taxes in Westchester are crazy. But what, what do you think, knowledge? What what do you attribute this to? I think we would have to look at a twenty year decline times five. We had to look at a hundred years. We had to look at a hundred years because. When you start talking about owning property in New York, we talking about the city or the state, we have to look at how our ancestors lived versus how we live. So, you know, many of our ancestors left the South, like you were saying, in that, you know, black flight. They, they had land and they had homes. They left them to live in apartments. And the apartments, the projects, was really a project that was made for the military coming home from war. Those were the first people to live in the project. So in that, in those projects, you know, there's a lot of things that went along with that. So you're talking about a mind traumatized from the horrors of war coming back to an environment that's not welcoming. We weren't welcomed back home in New York City. You see what I'm saying? Those black brigades that went off to war and, and fought for their country and all that, there was no, right. no welcome for them to come back. A lot of them were being targeted and killed, and even, you know, being killed in their military So these projects were places that they were placed in. You see what I'm saying? So a thing happened. This is an amazing book to get. You know, it's called The Blueprint for Black Power. This is Dr. Andrew Wilson's book. It's very, very intricately done, and you see the amount of pages in there. You know, it's a, it's a study in regards to, right. you know, our the blueprint because they'd be like, what do we need to do? You know, a lot of these, you know, he did, he did the history, he did the research, he did the statistical analysis. He shows the timeline in this book for about 300 years in America in regards to how we look at these things. So you don't have to go back and forth with people because. You know, we get caught up in sensationalism and then mm -hmm. people start pulling their heartstrings. It's like, okay, I can read you this timeline yep. from 1675 to 1941. I, I can show you that. I can show you that. I don't have to go back and forth with you. I don't have to offend your sensibility. You don't have to be looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm just making it up. Like, no, the research is already done. So the 1920s in, in New York City, you look at Harlem, you look at these places versus the 2020s, look at the vast difference. Just look at the vast difference. There's a rich history in New York that's a renaissance. Yep. New York was one of the first places where a black face could be seen outside of a person's body in a space of respect and regard. Right. This did, this wasn't happening. We were caricatures. They had the the, the big face, monkey lips, and things yeah, like right. that. So it's so the esteem. So even with the pictures you got behind you, you know you got you got Jay Z. Those come from New York spaces because 
you know, other brothers and sisters that were out there during the Renaissance that were creating those spaces that were showing you from time immemorial. So you would look all the way back to the mother continent, all the way to, you know, right in that particular time. Right. So, you know, the spaces of empowerment, the self-confidence, all of the things came from that, you know, particular space to have that actualization going. And then there's an instance of doing for self. You know, if you look at the Nation of Islam program that's been around for, you know, 92 years, that that sort of empowerment, you know, and that impact, it had you in the space where you were doing for self, where you were looking at, you know, ownership, you were looking at industrialization of business and entrepreneurship and things like that. We come from those people. You can't inherit an apartment. You see what I'm saying? You can't inherit an apartment. And if you're in the community and you don't, you know, contribute to a certain amount of money via taxes, you don't, your money's not affected by that community anyway. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of things were done because a lot of the, the black military service members that were leaving the military, they had GI bills and they can get, they could get a VA home loan. Mm-hmm. So with this restructuring and rezoning and things like that, that was a way to kind of strategically lock those guys out who had right. money in their pocket to be able to buy land and to buy homes. And this is a strategic move. I'm not upset about that. You understand what I'm saying? We just have to recognize the reality of what it means to not own anything. Now right. you find yourself mm-hmm. in a position to, to be subjects. You see what I'm saying? To be subjugated to those things because you're not in the space to operate in physical autonomy. Now, the sister was talking about body autonomy. We, we talking about autonomy of reality. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, so right. you, you, you can work all you want. You see what I'm saying? But, you know, where, where's your vote for your future, for your home ownership, for the future of your people? You see what I'm saying? Right. And for them to have access so yes. in this political process. You see what I'm saying? Like, so if you want this to continue, it has to survive after you. You know, so they put things in place and they put a whole bunch of people in from overseas in those same spaces and then they drove the prices up and, you know, black flight began. So they can take back where they had ran from. You see what I'm saying? So they don't have to commute no more. They ain't got to drive two hours or, you know, take the train and all that. They right there in the heart space. So, you know, this is a strategic move in regards to that location for those cats to capitalize. It don't matter how much it costs, them, them cats with them hats that small, they're gonna buy it all up. So they might tank something and then everything was low, but nobody got no money. All of a sudden they come in, boom, 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 boom. You look up <laughs> and they got all of the stuff. Now you you can't afford to stay there. You see what I'm right. saying? So the lesson should be what can we extrapolate from this? that the, the need for entrepreneurship, the, the need for understanding the political process, the need for establishing new norms in your family. Right, new norms right. in your family. You see what I'm saying? For these things to continue, so we're not you know, putting ourselves and our loved ones, the next generation is coming up after us in the same position. You know, So what are we learning from these? You see what I'm saying? And how are we gonna move forward strategically You know, next? Right. Yeah, that's a fact. I think that that's prim- that's that's primarily what that what that article was trying to stress. Like you know, like you know, owning a home is the first step. It doesn't necessarily guarantee generational wealth, but if you think about, like you said, like a lot of a lot of our folks that came from the south that moved north 
for what they believe with better opportunities down in the south you know everybody had a home they had land and it went from person to person and there was value in actually having the deed you know now you know people are content with living in the projects and passing their apartment down from generation to generation that belong to NYCHA you know and it's, it's it's indicative of where we are as people and what our thought process is section eight also you see what i'm saying you look at section eight on top of that we you know we can't leave that layer out so you could be a child that grows up in Section 8, and then you become an adult that grows up in Section 8. That's what you're never going to do. Oh, you're no. never going to own anything. You're going to oh. be owned. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You're going to be owned. So yeah. yeah, these are all elements that are there that look like they're government assistance. Yeah, they're assisting you and not doing it. Assisting you and keeping you poverty. Right. And then your next yeah, the world is the world watch. You know, it, right. you know I, I'm glad the you world, mentioned the world, the the 1920s. Did delay? Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I was about to say I'm glad that knowledge I've mentioned the 1920s and back in that time, even when the nation was encouraging a lot of black people after the emancipation and land was given and people were making their way. You know, I'll never forget watching um I don't know if you if you pay if you watch this now. Like the 1974 Savings Day, when a brother was listing all of the businesses the Nation of Islam was responsible for, between Oasis restaurants and cleaners and fine living, they they had a a, 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 a port in Peru that was shipping fish straight to. I mean, there were so many different things, and I'm saying to myself, wow. This is 1974. Nation of Islam has been what it's been since the 1930s. That's 40 years of just trying to, to educate our people, the black people, the brown people to do for self. But then we get caught in the, in the dragnet of a handout or, you know, you can live better doing this way. Or you, you know, you don't have to do it all by yourself. And you start to, you know, you weigh on people's minds and, and their feelings for things. And here we are, you know what I'm saying? Here we're talking about black wealth or the, or the wealth gap. When right now in, in 2020, a hundred years from what we're, what we're discussing, we, we actually could have been far more along than where we are today. And not to say we can't get where we need to go, but like, like the God said, we need to learn from these things and extrapolate the lessons from them so we don't repeat them, we don't repeat them, and our children won't repeat them for our grandchildren, children further. So, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's serious, man. So, um, yeah, just, I'm sure, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure both of you have seen, you know, or read about the, um, the Jalen Walker shooting in Akron, Ohio. 60 shots, eight police officers placed on administrative duty. Um, from you guys' perspective, was the shooting excessive? And if so, why? Yes, let's Take start that with Take that knowledge. Knowledge, what do you think? <laughs> you know, far be it for me 
over so many instances, you know. We can, we, we can you get tired of, yeah, can, can you hear me? I can hear you. I think, Shy, you on a little bit of a delay. Cause your, your camera froze. Can you hear us? My chat, can y'all, can y'all hear me? I, I can hear you, I can hear you clear now. Yeah, we can hear you. Shy, you can hear you, go Good. Yeah, I was saying that, you know, if we get the name and these names and all of that, it becomes very, very disheartening. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Micah X, his birthday is today. You see what I'm saying? So if you look at Micah X or Micah Johnson and the whole situation that happened down in Dallas, Texas, or Alton Sterling was a couple of days ago. Tamir Rice was a couple of days before that. You know, we came up with Sean Bell and, you know, right. those kind of instances. You know, Abdelawima, you know, you could just continue to go on, you know, yes. or we could look at Freddie Gray. We could, you know, all these instances that we have. I think there is something left to be desired in regards to the desensitization and the mental health ramifications that go along with these types of instances. Laquan McDonald, you know, uh, Sandra Blaine, or, you know, the, the sister out of Baltimore, you see what I'm saying? Right. Corinne Gaines, you know, right. all, all of those things. Like, there, there's a lot of instances that continue to go along with this, you know, with this narrative. You know, these instances with gun rights and gun control, and then, you know, these things like this happen. You see what I'm saying? Like, there, there are always something that's attached to, you know, so either we can go off our feelings or we can go off the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is that we need to be able to intervene in our community and, and learn conflict resolution. You see what I'm saying? And begin to, you know, move some of these occupying forces out of our community. Again, those things come with ownership. When you don't own anything in your community, it's not your community. You know, you're owned in the community. So somebody can just come into, you know, the neighborhood. They don't go everywhere with these places. They, they're not everywhere in Akron. <laughs> in this manner. You understand what I'm saying? So all of, these, all of these things become interwoven. They're not everywhere in New York in these communities doing that. You see what I'm saying? Everybody has their own way of doing things. You know, there's some young people that we can train up in regards to self-defense, in, in regards to, you know, security forces. You know, somebody can get that contract. A private security firm that does the, that's their responsibility. You see what I'm saying? That's their responsibility. They live in those communities. They work in those communities. They were raised in those communities. So their vested interest is in the proper protection of those spaces versus bringing in some of these war junkies and things like that from other places who don't have a connection with any other people. And then you find these instances. You know, uh, I know from myself, personal combat, the type of situation that you're in on the other side of the gun, on either side of the gun. Right. You see what I'm so that kind of thing, I was in fear for my life type of shit don't really fly. It doesn't fly. There's, there's an adrenaline that comes along with it. You see what I'm saying? There's an adrenaline. Again, we've seen this time and time and time and time again. You know, the, the gun was in the car. 
You see what I'm saying? So, you know, they, I think it was about more than 100 shots that were fired. How many other people could have been injured? What kind of property could have been damaged? You see what I'm saying? We're, We're not hearing in any of those things. You're just thinking about a hell of gun. Just imagine if you add a range and you hear a weapon fire once or twice or three times, that's already affecting you. So imagine a Glock, a 40, a 40 cal with 20 shots in it going off. Y'all remember that song Thug Love and Tupac? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what yeah. a Glock. That's what a, a Glock 40 sounds like. That's what that wow. is. You see what I'm saying? So imagine 100 shots being fired in damn near succession. That long sustained rate of fire. Everybody that was in the range of that sound is affected by those shots. Affected by the yeah, they got that that a PTSD from that. Absolutely. Right. Right. So all of these things, you know, kind of putting them together in, in that regard, there's a bunch of things to be said and left to be desired in regards to those you know those instances in regards to you know back to circling back around to the same conversation about ownership and learning lessons from these instances to properly equip us in a way going forward in the future you know i think that's as nice as i could be on the issue you know i have some other thoughts (laughs) i saved those thoughts you know uh, yeah i i have to say you know one of the things i think that was admirable and interesting to say the least is like his family's response to it you know they call for peace and they wanted people to have peaceful um you know peaceful assemblies and things like that and trying to get to the bottom of it whereas usually i think the response to this is usually public outrage um so there there has been a there has been a shift you know i don't know what that means by way of them getting the answers that they need you know i know the police department did come out publicly and put out there that they did find a gun and that the gun was fired um one time and the gun was fired through the, through the driver's side door mm-hmm. which they acknowledged and they found the shell by the door and also that the gun and the full clip from the gun was separate on the chair with a yeah. ring or something like that yeah so it'll be to me it'll be interesting to see how you know the department handles this and then if the um i'm guessing the attorney the attorney general I have to pick it up and, you know, see where they go with this. I mean, I, I don't know what 60, to shoot somebody 60 times, you know. Yeah, 60 gunshot wounds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 60, he got hit 60 times. And for the way the way I understand it is that he was actually fleeing, running away from them, and that they attempted to tase him first. I So 60 shots, what, were they, did they think that they were attempting to take down a... a, a Incredible. The Incredible Hulk? Was it the Incredible Hulk where they chase it? Scarface got shot less times. At the end of Scarface, remember? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was up on a up on a on a, on a, the, the balcony or whatever and they were shooting him. Right. 60, 60 shots. So, you know, this is a story that I think that is gonna be interesting to follow up and, and see. Um also because the public outrage, like I said, was saying earlier, the public outrage that we have from George Floyd and some of these, some of these other things and Breonna Tell and everything seems to have subsided and died down a little bit. So, you know, I want to see what the activist position is on this. And I also want to see, you know, what the Justice Department does in the Attorney General and how they handle this and, and look at this and what decision they make as it relates to 
something like this, you know, like these, it's sad. It feels like every couple of months now we're having these discussions, right? So that, that tells me that there hasn't been any improvement and the systemic issue that, you know, that it comes from hasn't truly been addressed. And I'm with knowledge on what he was saying about, like, I don't know if I actually subscribe to the thing around fear either, you know, for, for because I just think that it's one thing to say that you were fearful, but if it was eight police officers unloading their weapons against one person who, you know, even if you believe that he had, if, even if you believe that he still had the gun on him, he let off one shot, and he let off hundreds of shots. Like I, I don't, I, I just what can't find that. I just can't get with that. What did you think he had? An army of guns. One shot went off. Let me tell you something, man. This, this, this disturbed me. They assassinated that young man. You know. Not that it gave it any any uh, any help that you know he did have a gun in the car or a gun did go off in the car. It didn't help that when he got out of the car he had a mask on. Mm -hmm. So the gun going off, the mask, you're running. That's already telling the cops this is not a traffic stop. Mm -hmm. This is a perpetrator. He did something and he's trying to flee from it. Now on the chase, it tased him. Didn't work didn't register or didn't hit him. Tell it really chasing the dude. Right? You're really chasing the dude. So pretty much you're you're, at a, you're on a hunt. You, your, your whole objective is to get him. So if he turns around abruptly and whatever moves, flinches, then you're running. Alright, you let off your you let off your gun. But all of y'all It's a fire squad. All of y'all had to let off your gun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I always say this about killing, especially from professionals or so-called professionals at police officers. If you are a gun holder and you're a trained gun holder, you should know how to shoot someone. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a flesh wound, body wound, so on and so forth. But for to hit a person 60 times, and don't think that's excessive or you felt like or, or, the, or the argument was you're in fear for your life but it's only one person it's 80 all we is he a marksman he gonna pop all 80 all in your head turn that's, around that's that's, pop, the, pop, pop. that's the that's the theory i'm going with too pop, 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 pop. and all y'all laid out negative i'm not even going for it this is a free opportunity to catch a man running because of whatever he was guilty of even if he wasn't guilty he ran and he made it work this was a clear reason to actually let off their their weaponry. Because after 20 shots, and, and and I didn't want to watch the video, and I did watch the video, and they have video uh, body cams from every single officer, even the officers that didn't shoot. There were eight officers that chased, but there was a total of 13 officers there, all with their body cams. And you can see, after the first, I'll just estimate, 10, 12 shots, he was down. Don't this, don't this now, your Amadou Diallo? Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell, I mean, I mean, what, what, what's the justification for unloading that many, that, that much weaponry on a single individual? That's how I was saying to myself. Did he turn around like he was the Hulk? Was he a monster? Like, what do you need that you, 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 you're using your weapon like you're shooting down a buffalo? a man a young man at that so you know I never like hearing these things in my mind I always think 
and we get these things and it's funny how the timeline as knowledge said the timeline happens right around uh you know other individuals that got shot around this same time this 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 timing of it i always believe man it's just it's always to keep people in fear of the police it's always to keep them in in keep us or black and brown people just fixated enough that a cop can pop your ass if he wants to. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So watch, watch your step, in other words, because this can be you. Always yeah. feel that way, you know what I mean? But it doesn't help if, you know, the boy might have been going through something. I understand his girlfriend died recently in a car accident. You know, was was he was he in his mind to say, you know what, fuck my life. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go start some shit and, and, and whatever. I don't even know. I'm, I'm yeah. speculating at this point. But to to eliminate and assassinate someone like that is totally excessive. I think a lot, a lot of them should be held accountable. That's wow. facts. That's facts. Yeah. So I, for me, I'm kind of waiting to to see. And I appreciate his his, his family. You know the the approach that they're taking. Right. Not one to make it crazy. Yeah, like so. Let's let's see let's see what what comes from it. Um, and I hope that you know, like everybody keeps the same energy, you know, around this um, that we've had with other tragedies. You know, to get to the bottom of it. Like we'll never know the full story. I'm sure we'll get it in bits and pieces. But it's something that, it's something for us to keep on our radar to find out, like the justification behind this. Like I don't know what they could possibly say that would justify it, but I'm definitely interested and hearing the explanation as to why it warranted that man getting shot um, 60 times. So, we, you know, keeping with the theme of talking about what may be excessive and what may not be excessive, um, I don't know if you saw the video of the Harlem Bodega clerk that um, that is now, he actually, I've seen a little bit earlier, originally he was held on $500,000 um, bond, they reduced it to 25,000 and I think he ended up getting out, but he had to surrender his passport. So what happened for those who didn't see it was there was a situation at a bodega where I guess a young lady came in and she wanted to purchase some chips or something like that. Um, her mom went to use her EBT card, but couldn't pay for the chips and must've declined. And the way the mother is telling the story is that the, um, the bodega clerk got rude with them. The mom must have told the bodega clerk that she was going to speak to her man about it. He came in to address the gentleman, but he went behind the counter and started roughhousing with the gentleman and got physical with him in an attempt, I guess, to bring him out to apologize to the young lady or to the, um, to the woman um, in, in self-defense. The bodega clerk ended up stabbing the man. They said they, that he stabbed the man in the neck, in the chest, no less than five times, and as a result was arrested um, for it. Now, you know, I looked at this and I said, like, you know, and I shared it with a lot of people, and a lot of people saying, like, clearly, it's this is um, this is self-defense, you know, and you know that I even read in the newspaper today where there was like a hit attack on the current district attorney around this because they're saying like this this was a man this bodega clerk that was violated and all he did was defend himself and i'm of mind also to believe that it was self-defense the only thing that i that that i, I struggle with around it is that you know like in our neck and in our chest there are major arteries and if you stab somebody one time you know your, adre your adrenaline will kick in and it may hurt if you get stabbed in your neck your adrenaline may kick in and it may hold you up for a couple of seconds but usually you stab in your neck or your chest, you're out of it. Yeah, you're out of it. So I don't know if the bodega clerk was scared or if a struggle ensued and he felt like he had to keep stabbing him to get the dude off him. I, I don't know. 
but I'm guessing that that's probably why the district attorney um, initially is charged this man with, I guess, charged him with murder. Second uh, degree murder. Sec yeah, second degree murder. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, um, damn, it started from a bag of chips. And that young, that, that dude lost his life over a bag of chips and his ego. A bag of chips because a car, EVD car didn't work. It bugged me out like, wow, she's paying chips for the EVD car. But, you know, the lives of some of our people, uh, they are what they are. And, and you, you just can't, you can't, you can't put your finger on how people decide to live their lives. I looked at the video and I said to myself, I do, you behind, behind the counter, you got him cornered. I watched the old man subdue himself and just sit quietly. He did the old Jedi mind trick. Shut my mouth. Rocked to sleep. Rocked him to sleep. When his homeboy turned the corner, he started looking at the counter out the, out the store window. And as soon as he looked left, homeboy was straight for his weapon. He went to protect himself. He wasn't even trying to leave. He knew that knife was there. And by the time he got an opportunity, now, you know, you hate seeing stuff like that. But bro, there's no reason for you to go over to argue over a bag of chips. And if he just, now let me tell you something, man. And we know, we know this just living in the Bronx in the city community. Not everyone likes their corner store. <laughs> I don't care. There's just, you know, there are a couple of stores and Poppy and the crew, they're family. But there are some stores where, you know, you can, you can hear, you can feel the, the, the neglect, or you just here to take black people money. That all, all, all of them scenarios <coughs> that happens in, in a <coughs> particular community. But he was. His bail was dropped to fifty thousand. He got out for five thousand because of because of self defense. His lawyers are playing self defense. From the camera view, that's exactly what it looked like. Even a real, you know, they can call you all sorts of shit behind the counter. But the moment when they're from, when they're behind the counter, but the moment you step back there, you've entered enemy territory pretty much. You, you're starting something all all different. Than him calling you a bitch or a nigga or whatever, and that's and, that, and that's the thing about the ego, man. People feel like they always got something to prove. You don't have nothing to prove. Anything because the child didn't have a bag of chips, pay for the bag of chips, and tell your girl, come on, let's get out of here. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it doesn't need for me to go tell another man you need to apologize to my wife yeah. over a bag of chips I could have even given my daughter or got to my daughter, but now. And this man loses his life. Now, I think she had three children by him. Children really? don't have no father. Damn, I didn't see, I didn't even realize that. I, I mean, I'm, I just look at it like- exactly. you know, Yeah, he, I mean, it, you know, they highlighted his his past and his rap sheet and all that. But when yeah. she spoke, she said he was a good man. He, he had his shit with him, okay, you know, because of his record or whatever. But he took care of his family. She said, he took care of all three of my kids. You know, now and here goes a situation that people are not thinking about what they have associated with their lives. It's not just you. It's the people around you who are affected by what happens, even in 
the Jalen, the Jalen Walker. It's not just him, bro. Family, it's his friends. It's, you know, his little brother. If he had any siblings, they gotta live with the fact that his brother has been gunned down. You got now that Harlem community gotta live with the fact they probably have candles and all that shit out there for him. Yeah. In fact, the man went there, probably in his mind, defending his wife or his girlfriend, his baby mother. So very mm-hmm. justified about going behind the counter, setting the record straight. Yeah. And the moment he turned his back, he loses his life. Yeah, what a way. It happens not fast, man. And it can happen not fast when you're not thinking. When you let the ego take over. It's all, all, all bets are off, man. Yeah, what a, what a way in a split second to lose your life for something so ridiculous. You know, like 50 cents. 50 cents, you know, like his family now has got to deal with the loss of him. You know, the, the trauma associated, yeah, the trauma associated. Wow. Where was the young lady that wanted the chips? She was witness to Let me all tell you something. The, the, the chick that took the offense by what Poppy said to her, she ended up stabbing him three times. Yeah, yeah I, heard, I heard she stabbed him, but and I heard he also didn't get uh, arrested. And that didn't was what arrested for. That was, that was seven to them. Um, you know, I couldn't see any jury convicting him with the clear-cut evidence of um, what they're going to have on video, you know, but I, I do think that um, I do think that whenever lo- a, a, a life is lost, you know, like, I could see his family clearly saying, like, okay, like, why why did you have to... They killed him in cold blood, yeah. Yeah, multiple times, and it's that, and I, and I don't know because I'm not in that position, you know, I don't, I, maybe my rationale would be the same because, you know, you're mourning and you're thinking about, like, damn, like, you know, even if you felt like you had to defend yourself, why'd you feel compelled to have to defend yourself to that magnitude? But the flip side of that is if you're the, the store clerk, you don't know if you, you could have been on the other end of that person, you know, if that oh. person had a weapon or whatever it is, and I'm sure the store clerk probably was thinking, you know, like, if this dude got the balls to come behind the counter. He robbed me. God, God only knows what potentially he could do. I just think it's just unfortunate across the board because the gentleman was, wasn't he? He was like under 40 years old, right? Uh, yes. Like 37 like, years old, right? Like 35 years old. Yeah, so imagine nobody ever wakes up in the morning and thinks like, yo, this is going to be the day that I lose my life over 50 cents or whatever it is over a bag of chips. You know, this like. Is a, this is a case of when keeping it real goes wrong because now you feel compelled. To, because your girl came out there, you know what this nigga done said to me? Da, 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 da. And you go in there and you're demanding that he apologize to to his girl. So, you know, that... It's not It's not good all the way around. Now, this, this older guy, I think his name was Jose Alba, yeah. from the Dominican Republic, I can't see him. I can't see him going to jail. He won't. Yeah. But you know what? You know, it's another thing. Do you, what kind of unrest do you think that this is gonna bring to the neighborhood? Right? Because we don't know the dynamics of the neighborhood. Like you said, we don't know the store. Um, I can see that that store was a pillar. Of I can't. The right. If yeah. it was a pillar of the community, then you're gonna have some people kind of, kind of support the store. Like these are good people. X, Y, and Z. But, but what if gonna also have no in the community? What if the dude was beloved in the community? That's what I'm saying. You're gonna see a lot of candles out front of that store. I don't think that store is gonna open. Yeah. 
you know, like even I mean, candles would be candles would be acceptable. What if it, what if people come by the store looking for retribution? That can happen too, bro. So listen, man. Well, up until now, I think next court date is July twentieth. Mr. Albert has an anklet on his ankle. He can't leave the five boroughs until the court date. He had a, he had intentions of dipping to the DR too, yeah, yeah. so yeah. he had to grab his passport and all that. He was ready to flee. See, yeah. and that that's instinctive. You see that? That's instinctive. That when shit go left, go back home. But didn't they say that he already had a trip planned to DR? He had a trip already planned, but he, he they said he didn't come back. Expedite that real quick. When I'm getting out of here now. <laughs> they yo they feared, they feared he'd never come back. But you know something like I. I that's why his bail was so high. He would have to. He would have to have. And I don't know if he had a public defender or not. He would have to have the worst attorney in the world to probably lose this, this, this case. Like I, I just don't see like with everything being on video, him actually losing this case. And in the last what ten to fifteen years, he just became a citizen. He was. He's been here for over thirty years. Yeah. And just recently, within the last 14, 13 years. Yeah. You know, and for those who do come to this country, I know you don't come to this country with the idea of that happening. Although a lot of uh, foreigners and immigrants, or whatever you want to call them, come to this country, they end up in neighborhoods where, you know, they have to deal with the element of that neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever's going on in that neighborhood, the corner store gets, gets kind of gets the brunt of it. They're on the front line. For the, you know, the customers who come in and out of your store. And you don't come to this country thinking that that's going to happen. But I saw someone, they got to prep them like, yo, you know where you're at? This can happen, X, Y, and Z. That's, why would you have, why why otherwise would you have a knife on the counter? Yeah, well, he said, he said, he, he said they used it for like um opening boxes and stuff like that. And, you know, like starting yeah. also. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, that that may be true too, because you are working in the grocery store, so you may have to replenish inventory. But he knew exactly what he said. He must have been. He sat the way he sat down, and that's like he was like, "Let me get to that night." Or you know what the other thing is? The other thing is if you if you're used to the neighborhood, and he probably because I'm I'm guessing that as a result of the lady's car declining, she probably went off in there. He probably because she did. She knocked stuff off and. They said she tore out the machine or something like that. So I'm sure he may have anticipated that there's going to be, some, you know, somebody going to be coming here to approach me or whatever it is. But in any event, I just want to say, like, you know, my condolences goes out to, yeah, to the gentleman, you know, because I, I just, it's just unfortunate that he would lose his life over something so petty, you know, at such a young age. And, you know, also, you know, um, you know, my, my condolences. You know, and, and, and I extend, you know, my, my, my prayers out to the, the young lady that actually witnessed that, you know, the, the little girl who witnessed all of this transpire in front of her eyes. Like, right. can you imagine the level of PTSD to see, like, to see the adults arguing to start with, then to see, you know, literally your mom's boyfriend, your stepfather, your father, or whatever, was murdered um, in front of you. And then I was saying to the store clerk guy also, like, I'm sure when he got up in the morning, he didn't go to work with the intentions of saying, you know what, today is going to be the day that I murder somebody over altercation from mm-hmm. a cent bag of chips. You know, like that's something that's always going to be in the back of his head that he right. has to live with. Also, and no matter how much I think that he probably sit with and his defense will be, 
self-defense. Like if he's the guy that they that everybody has described him to be, I'm I'm sure it's, it's taking a toll on him and wearing on him. Honestly, so, man, you're human, man. I mean, and you have to process this information in order in order to cope and deal with it. You know what I mean? Elderly man sitting in Rikers, and then the young man loses his life in front of his family. Two yeah. double tragedies, bro. You can't you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to thank everybody for pulling up and tuning in to episode 132. Shout out to Knowledge Born. Yes, thank you to Knowledge Born for joining the conversation and the 3K for um for 3K for Knowledge Born. You know, we'll make sure that we put the link in the description if you want to go and you want to support. Like I said earlier, Knowledge Born is a good brother that he's been in the game. Um, for a minute, puts out a lot of good content. You know, check out his YouTube channel. I think he has a couple. I think it's due to knowledge, and I think it's knowledge born a lot. Puts out great content, always has great guests. Um, you know, has thought provoking conversations. So, you know, I appreciate knowledge coming up. Knowledge, you know, if ever you want to come up again and build with us and participate in some of these conversations, you're always welcome. Any closing words? Um, Yesterday's little talk was good that we had. Shout out to my sister Ranisha for starting this men's ministry and my pops, my pops partner. Shout out to Knowledge Born for doing all the great work. Shout out to you, Shout. Um, shout out to the sports crew. Not, I mean, let's let's just let's try to employ service and love to one another, man. There's so much shit that's going on in the world. We gotta break this monotony. Of terror and fear and uncertainty and uh, just just bad vibes, man. We talk about vibes all the time and moods all the time. Let's let's kind of incorporate something positive, something good. You know, help your neighbor out. You see someone who needs some help, don't sit there second guessing. Just just give of yourself. You know what I mean? Practice the art of giving of yourself and not looking for no type of reward for. It. Probably make it a better picture. Sure. Catch everybody next week. Salute everybody. Have a good night. Peace.